0: Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 219. We're looking at Acts chapter 5 verses 7 through 11. This is the second half of the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Last time we looked at the Ananias and Sapphira sold a piece of property, brought some of the money, but pledged, or promised, or indicated that they had given all the money to the church, but they were actually lying to the Holy Spirit, and Ananias was struck dead. Let's pick it up and read Acts chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Tell me, Peter asked her, did you sell the land for this price? Yes, she said, for that price. Then Peter said to her, Why did you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Instantly she dropped dead at his feet. When the young men came in, they found her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Then great fear came on the whole church, and on all who heard these things. Well, we saw the account of Ananias. He was there, and... Peter, led by the Holy Spirit, asked him if he was holding anything back, and he said no. Then Peter challenged him and said, the land was yours, you didn't have to sell it, and when you sold it, you didn't have to give all the money. But the indication is that he had either pledged that he would sell the land and give all the money, or had lied about the amount of money and said he sold the land and was giving all the money. So the issue was his lying, and he was struck dead, and then he was immediately carried out and buried. Now we see in verse 7, about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. We don't know what's going on here. We don't have the story, and Luke just doesn't give us a lot of the details of this story, because his whole point is the judgment. So what happened, and what they were doing, and what their motivations were, Uh, is not important to the story. So three hours later, Sapphire comes in, not knowing that her husband is dead. Not only dead, already buried. Nobody seems to have hunted her down to told her. That's not the first thing they tell her. So Peter doesn't say, oh, I'm so sorry to inform you that your husband has died. He challenges her with the same thing he had challenged Ananias with. And we know in Luke's introduction to the story, Back in verse 2, says he, he kept back part of the proceeds with his wife's knowledge. So we know that she knew about it. She know, we know that she was in on it. And so her guilt is just as severe as Ananias. But Peter seems to be giving her a chance to repent, a chance to come clean, a chance to confess. Perhaps she would have, had she known her husband had already been struck dead by the Holy Spirit for lying. But he doesn't. He just asks her up front, tell me, Peter asked her, did you sell the land for this price? Yes, she said, for that price. So she's confirming the deceit here. Verse 9, Peter said to her, why did you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband at the door, and they will carry you out." Now, he uses different language here. Before with Ananias, he accused him of lying to the Holy Spirit. And what he says to Sapphire here is you've tested the Spirit of the Lord. What's the difference? Well, lying is telling something to not true. Testing, the uh, implication there is seeing what they could get away with and The lesson is, not this. You can't get away with this. So you have agreed to test the spirit of the Lord. Notice you have agreed. You are in uh, cahoots with your husband. Then he tells her, by the way, your husband's already died over this and has been buried. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Instantly, she dropped dead at his feet. When the young men came in, they found her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband, there's irony here. The offerings were being brought and placed at the feet of the disciples of the apostles. So, here now she is lying dead at the feet of the apostle Peter. And the young men came in, found her dead, carried out, and buried her beside her husband. Again, the rushed burial because she died at the hands of God, she died under the judgment of God. So, there's no um, no mourning that takes place. It's get her out of here and get her buried. Then, verse 11 this is the point of the story. Then great fear came on the whole church and on all who heard these things. Just a quick note this is the first time we actually see the word church in the book of Acts. So, church is used to describe the the gathering of the believers, the gathering of the followers of Christ, and this—this this is the whole point here—is great fear came on the whole church and all who heard these things. The Holy Spirit has brought people together in an unprecedented way. We see the unity is uh, nothing's ever been seen like this before. Of the the unity of spirit, the unity of purpose, the unity of faith that the early church is experiencing. The the common held property is nothing Nothing like this has ever been seen before or or since. So it was a very uh, particularly special time of the early church and purity was required. And here we have a, a violation of the purity of this unity of spirit, this unity of faith, this mutual trust has been violated severely here. And that's why you have this unusual Discipline that takes place. Now, questions people want to throw around here. Were they really believers? No indication they weren't. Doesn't doesn't address that. There's no reason to say they were not. And and just as today, uh, true believers can commit sin and have hardness of heart. True believers then could commit sin and have hardness of heart. Questions about, well, did they lose their salvation? No indication of that either. Peter doesn't make any comment on it. And no reason to think that they would. If they were true believers, then they did not lose their salvation. What happened was God purified the church. And that's something we, uh, we don't necessarily like to think about. But uh, you know, it's people I've known through the years that I've thought, they are bringing such shame upon the name of Christ, such shame upon the church of Jesus Christ, that I would not be surprised if God did not strike this person dead. That sounds harsh, but if you are a true believer, you can only thumb your nose at God so long before God will act. God has incredible patience, but only to a point when God destroyed the earth with the flood. It was the point where his patience eventually runs out and he says, that's it. I'm exercising judgment. Here, his patience only goes so far. And he says, no more. I'm exercising judgment. You cannot get away with that anymore. And so today in the church, we don't see this much, at least that we could attribute it to and say, yes, God did actually punish this person by taking them out of the picture. But I'm not saying it doesn't happen because God is concerned about the purity of his church. Some say that uh, they died of shock. That uh, Ananias was so shocked by what had happened he he dropped dead from uh, a massive heart attack. may have been, but everybody understood it to be the judgment of God. That's why they buried him so quickly. You can't make that same story up about Sapphira because Peter predicted that she would die. God has struck your husband dead. He's going to strike you dead too. And we've got the guys waiting outside ready to bury you too. So it wasn't, you know, some kind of natural cause, some kind of whatever it was. They were struck dead by God as punishment to purify the church. Some want to say maybe, you know, they brought this on themselves because they committed the unpardonable sin. Well, that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And there's no indication they were blaspheming the Holy Spirit. It says they were lying to the Holy Spirit. They were testing the Holy Spirit. And we do that kind of stuff, too, where we put on airs, we act fake, we are insincere in what we do. We're at a different time in in the life of the church right now where there's not that incredible unity that was experienced by the early church. So these incredible steps needed To protect the purity of the church. This seems harsh but that's because we have such a low view of things. We're quite comfortable with sin. We're quite comfortable with uh, thumbing our nose at God's authority in our lives and and quite comfortable with uh, being disobedient and uh, disunifying in the church. If we really had a much higher view of the things of God then we uh, see that, okay, this is, this is very reasonable. What God has done here, he's protecting the purity of the church. And these are the examples that Luke brings us of this early church. Incredible unity, unprecedented unity, and unity we, we haven't seen since. Signs and wonders being carried out that uh, we had never seen before and haven't seen since. But also, God stepping in personally to protect the unity of the church, to protect the witness of the church, to protect the mission of the church. The bottom line, great fear came on the whole church and on all who heard these things. They realize God is serious here. We'll be serious too. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.